The Arizona Cardinals defense under a microscope. Steve Kimes offseason plan. Was it the right one? And a prediction for 2022. Howard Balzer joins me for the whole damn show. You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in Thursday, Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy here, as always. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Leave a like on this video. Turn the notifications on. Remember, I'll be doing a halftime show live on Twitter Spaces and YouTube every halftime of every game uh, through the 18-week, 17-game season and hopefully deep into the playoffs for the Arizona Cardinals. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. We're 48 hours uh, removed from the 53-man roster being unveiled. Um, not a whole lot of surprises, as I mentioned yesterday. I brought up Devon Kennard uh, on Twitter. I kind of got... Uh, a little blowback on that. I was kind of surprised that he wasn't retained, even though we didn't have as much of an impact as people would have hoped coming over from Detroit for the last couple seasons. But veteran presence is veteran presence in the locker room. I thought they would have retained him, but they didn't. Um, this gentleman and I have bonded um, over the last, I don't know, year and a half or so since he's been in Phoenix covering the Cardinals. Um, really happy to get him on. Busy guy, taking some time out of his busy schedule to join me. Howard Flippin' Balzer. What's up, man? How are you? How are things? Well, things are pretty good, Alex. Great to be on with you. Yeah. With, <laughs> I like that word bond, I guess. Yeah. And it's uh, an interesting word. But yeah, I mean, it's it's great being in the desert. A lot of a lot of things going on personally that we'll get probably get into it another time. But things are always going things are always going good. I mean, it's the season's about to start. Yeah, that's always a great time of the year. What whatever the team you're covering is about to do or not do, all those things. And that's one of the reasons I came here. I was in St. Louis for four years without a team, and then had the opportunity to come here. And it's it, it's even in the heck. I moved in a pandemic. I mean, what can what can be more crazy <laughs> about that? Moving halfway across the almost, you know, well, yeah, I guess almost half the country uh, doing that in a pandemic was not easy. But yeah, it's been great being here and. I think I think this is one of the more intriguing seasons to look forward to in terms of what's going to happen because I don't I don't know if any of us really have a clue what's going to happen. I think that's how many different directions it could go in. Yeah, at uh, at H Balls or seven twenty one on Twitter. Uh, so I, I agreed, and we'll get that into that in the second segment because the point of contention between you and me has been kind of Steve Kimes, um, uh, you know, building of this roster. And I've got some theories that I'll share with you and nothing conspiratorial, but just some ideas as to why it possibly could have ended up this way. But from what we've seen, I mentioned yesterday, I gave this kind of metaphor that it is, it hasn't been night and day with this roster from before preseason started to now, but it's like night to sunrise, like things have changed, but it's not a complete overhaul. And you wouldn't expect it this late in the off season. Now they traded for Cody Ford, um, they traded for Mullen Jr. two days ago. Now, what we've seen on the defensive side of the ball, and I, and I want your input on this, my stance is that there's a lot of ifs. If 60% of what he hopes works out with the young guys works out, this could be a top 12 defense. 
if it doesn't, and instead of the ceiling shattering, the floor falling out from under them, this could be a bottom seven or bottom eight defense. And I don't know what it's going to be, but we're going to find out. The Band-Aid will be ripped off on Byron Murphy, on Isaiah Simmons, on Zayvon Collins, on the two rookies in the third round. They're going to be thrust into action, maybe a little bit sooner than you'd like. And then Marco Wilson as well. Like The Band-Aid will be ripped off. What do you see about the infusion of young talent getting put into positions to perform without, I've called it safety net of veterans that could jump in and, and play if like Zayvon Collins couldn't stay on the field last year. What do you think this defense is going to look like in 2022? Those are all great questions. And I don't disagree essentially with anything you said there. And there are tremendous, there are a lot of ifs uh, on this team. I, I do think that their approach was like you said, we have these young players and Steve Kine has been criticized rightly so in a lot of respects for a lot of draft picks potentially not working out. Well, now they're counting on those draft picks doing what they expect them to do. And so that was the plan. It was to bring back as many as many of the players as they could from last year's team. And they, they made a conscious decision not to go deep in free agency because they knew they were going to have to sign Kyler Murray. They knew they were going to have to sign DJ Humphreys. Mm-hmm. And they still want to be able to resign at some point Byron Murphy Jr. and Jalen Thompson. So that, that was their plan. We'll see in time if it was a smart plan. But I think the veterans that are there with J.J. Watt, obviously he has to stay healthy. Some of, so, I mean, a lot of it, Alex, when you look at this team, the veterans are young veterans. Uh, they don't have a lot of those, quote, many years veterans. Obviously, Marcus Golden has right. to play at the level that he, that he played uh, last season. You do have Buda Baker. So I think overall this defense has a chance to be pretty solid, but you're 100% right. Those young players have to come through. Isaiah Simmons has to become a playmaker. Uh, they have to get improved play from Richard Lawrence and Lecky Fotu inside uh, to stop the run. So I think one underrated guy, though, that can help at linebacker is Nick Vigil. I think that was a pretty good signing. It's not a name that excites people, but that guy's a pretty solid football player, and I think he, he, will, he will play a, a bunch of snaps on that defense, depending on obviously what happens with some other guys. For sure. Uh, Howard Balls are joining me here, Locked on Cardinals. Um, like, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast, Locked on AZ Cards. So um, I'm more worried about the floor than the ceiling. Like, all the defense really has to do is withstand the rigors. And we're going to find out, I think, week one, week two, week three, right out the gate, baby. I mean, that's it. It's Kansas City. It's Vegas on the road. It's the Rams at home. And it's three of the – and Derek Carr has obviously elevated this year with the additions they've had, not only on offense, but on defense with Chandler Jones, et cetera, that that team is primed to make a push like they haven't been in recent memory. Now, Buda Baker is going to be Buda Baker. You hope that he'll be able to play more free – more position that he's – that he's an employee to sign instead of covering for some shortcomings, maybe the secondary or in the pass rush. Like I agree with you with everything you're saying. Like, I think this is all predicated upon the emergence of Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, as you mentioned, the latter more than the former. I think Isaiah Simmons is going to break out. Like, I think this is the year where it's like, you know what? Maybe they didn't need to draft Tristan Wirfs in 2020. Maybe this was the right choice. It just took a couple years because he's got the green dot in week one against Patrick Mahomes and a revamped offense, but it's still Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Like, it's like, you know, it, it doesn't matter who's wearing the jersey, really, at this point. It's it's Patrick Mahomes and the rest. And 
I feel like we're going to find out sooner rather than later what the floor is. It may take a while to find out what the ceiling is, but the floor is, if they give him a 40-burger in two out of the first three games, it could be push the panic button early. I don't think that's going to happen. But do you agree that the floor in immediately will be found out what this defense at least is capable of at its worst moments? No, I think that's a good point. And I think that the style of offense that this team plays a lot of times puts the defense at a disadvantage with the, with the hurry-up offense and all those things. And before you know it, the defense goes off the field for whatever happened, and boom, they're they're back on the field again. And so I'm going to be – so the, the offense, obviously – the one thing about football is how all the, the different – you know, the different units, offense, defense, special teams, links to each other. But aside from that, no, I, I, I think that that's 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 totally right on defense. And they, they've got to be able to generate a pass rush from these young guys. We, we talked all along about the two third-round picks, Thomas and Sanders. Damu KJ, I think, probably knocked Devon Kennard uh, off the roster with, mm-hmm. with the way that he played and the progress that he has made and a guy who could potentially be – a difference maker. I mean, what the heck? Dennis Gardeck, <laughs> I mean, he, he's a veteran outside linebacker on this team right now, but they're counting on him uh, to come through. So will all those guys do that? That's that's the big question. But the one thing about Vance Joseph is he usually puts players in good positions with all his different scheming and formations and, and, and lineups and all that for a defense to play pretty good football. Players have to come through. They got to tackle and obviously – you know, do those things. But I think another underrated guy on that defense is Zach Allen. But yeah, everybody's got to stay healthy. I mean, that, to me, that's the biggest question. It always is for any team in the NFL. But but keep your main guys healthy and, and you can compete. But there's still huge questions at cornerback. There's no doubt about that. And facing those teams, like you mentioned, that can throw the ball around the yard, what's that cornerback group going to look like? Pick up a guy on waivers. Pick You know, make a trade for a guy. And – what really hurt this team was what happened with Jeff Gladney. I, I think yeah. if that tragedy hadn't happened, we would be singing the praises right now with this season about to start with the two-year reasonable deal that they got Jeff Gladney to sign. But we all know what happened, and and now it, it left them kind of scrambling. And I think they didn't want to go for one of those. We've all talked about them, the Chris Harris Juniors and the Joe Haydens and right. Janaris Jenkins, call him Jackrabbit. Mm-hmm. We've all talked about those guys, but – I think the Cardinals just figured, hey, we've got we've got to have these young guys come through. And now it's on them to do that. Howard Balzer at HBalzer721 on Twitter. I'm Alex Clancy. Follow me on Twitter, Clancy's Corner. Steve Keim under a microscope, under a microscope for his game plan for this year. I've said multiple times that Steve Keim has a game plan every offseason. Steve Keim executes his game plan every offseason. Is it the right game plan? That's what the question that I'm going to ask Howard Balzer next, Locked on Cardinals first. You've heard of Elias Sports Bureau, okay? Elias Sports Bureau is the official statistician statisticians of U.S. pro sports leagues, including the NFL. They've got an app now. Elias Game Plan is the only sports app from the most trusted name, Elias Sports Bureau. The app is really your one-stop shop for players' news and league-validated uh, player stats and team records. Expert game analysis for betting, building your fantasy team, impressing friends, the bar, etc. Uh, perfect for the preseason. You get player previews to help you draft a winning fantasy team. Like they've got it's covered. They've got everything covered. Fantasy, real life, everything. NFL season is right around the corner, so don't wait. Download the Elias Game Plan app today. And right now, I've got a special offer for you. 
uh, when you subscribe, get a get a 14 day free trial um, off a monthly subscription plan. It's a hell of a deal, but only if you use my promo code Locked On NFL. Find Elias Game Plan Sports Betting uh, in the App Store or Play Store today and use my promo code Locked On NFL. Locked On Cardinals Thursday. We're getting closer. A week from today is football, like real football, like real football. And the Cardinals week three opponent will be playing a week from today. Um, Howard Balls are joining me, H Balls are 721 on Twitter. Um, we talked about the defense. The defense is going to be under, like, the way I've described it is we're going to be looking at microbiology on the defense and macrobiology in the offense, where it's like it's theory-based on offense. In theory, all of this should work. On defense, it's like, are these players equipped to play with the lack of safety net that they haven't necessarily had in the past? You hope to think the ceiling is way higher than everybody uh, thinks at this point, which it could be. I mean, if you tell me this defense finishes 13 or 14, you'd be like, yeah, Vance Joseph should win coach of the year. And that's very plausible to happen, not the coach of the year, but the defense finishing top 15. Now, Steve Kimes' game plan this offseason, in my opinion, has been obvious. The defense has been the more stable side of the football since Kyler Murray has been drafted, in my opinion, where you can trust the defense, not necessarily to not give up a 40-burger, but to be series in and series out more stable and have a higher floor than the offense that has had a lot of 45-second three-and-outs when you need to get two first downs to run the clock out. Like, that that's what we've seen, in my opinion. Now, what Steve Kime has done, after the extension for Cliff and himself, after Kyler Murray's extension, which happened later, you know, but – it's like, you know what? The offense is going to be the strength of this team. Cliff Kingsbury came in to run an offense that's high-powered, that has a lot of weapons. He's got that. And the defense has kind of been not neglected, okay? Like, But it's like the high-impact moves haven't been there for the defense to replace Chandler Jones. I know Chandler Jones' numbers weren't there like they, like they were the year previous, but having to account for Chandler Jones in 5-5 and red – by opposing offenses is something that is going to be missed by the Cardinals. And I find that Steve Kimes' plan, he executed flawlessly, but it could leave a gaping hole in the defensive side of the ball if things don't go to plan, which could in turn make Vance Joseph in line to be the scapegoat if the season doesn't pan out the way they hope it will with the defense putting up 30 points a game and winning 11 or more games. Give me, like, I gave you a lot, okay? <laughs> But like, what have what's your thought process been on this offseason? Well, I, I understand why the plan was what it was, and I think they looked at. I mean, let's remember too that we all thought a couple of years ago when they signed Jordan Phillips, what a good signing that was, and now they had to eat money this year on him and cut him. And I think they just they didn't they didn't want to go there again with perhaps a, a group of defensive players that. They didn't think were worth those big contracts. And they knew they had, as I mentioned earlier, they knew that they had to have some money. And I know you can create cap room and all that, but you don't want to go overboard too much on that. And so I think that when you're looking ahead to the future, you're saying, hey, we're, you know, we, we build around B Buda Baker. We signed him. We, we want to get Jalen Thompson re-signed. I'm sure they'd probably like to get Byron Murphy Jr. re-signed. They bring in J.J. Uh, Watt. I, I think they should pay Marcus Golden more. And I'm wondering, mm -hmm. like a lot of people are, is all is all this stuff, does he really have a toe injury? Or is this about trying to get a new contract, right. which which he deserves? But 
And Zach Allen will be a free agent. And he's a pretty darn good player, I think. He'll be a free agent after this year. So I think they looked, you know, the, the good salary cap managers don't only look at the year they're in, they look at what's down the road. And we also know that in two years, Kyler Murray's cap number is going gonna, is gonna to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. And so I think they looked at it and said, we need to keep our own guy. We need to keep Zach Ertz. Uh, we need to keep some key players on this team and that to just throw money at more defensive players. And heck, Devon Kennard's another example. He took a pay cut. He took a pay cut. He, he wasn't worth anywhere close to the money they gave him, and it wasn't a mega contract. So I think that's why they did what they did. Now, you're right. Will that plan work? We have to wait and see. There, there's no question about that. But I think it might have a better chance of working than some people think, or and a better chance of working with just throwing money at a couple of other guys that, yeah, maybe you pay big money for another pass rusher, but will they be that much better than the young guys that they drafted and have brought in? And if you're, I mean, look at it that way. Daimu KJ was what, six round pick, mm-hmm. second year of a, of a regular, relatively cheap contract. You're two third round picks. You got four years of control of them. And so that's the key. That, that's really the key to most teams is doing it in the draft and making sure those players you select come in and make a difference. And that's what they're counting on. If they don't, then you can say, well, that was a mischaracterization or bad picks, whatever we want to call it. But that's what they're, that's what they're betting on. And we have to wait and see if it works. Yeah. You know, it, and it's interesting. I mean, it's a good point. Like I, I understand the theory behind it where it's, well, you got to let, you, you got to let these kids eat at some point, these young gentlemen, sorry, they're not kids. Obviously they're grown adults, <laughs> but like, you got to see if Byron Murphy, I equate Byron Murphy's plight journey to Christian Kirk's Christian Kirk didn't live up to. And obviously now it's like, they weren't going to give him the amount of money that Jacksonville gave him anyways. But Byron Murphy has the opportunity to be the perennial CB one for the Cardinals. He has that opportunity. The money will be there for, to, because I mean, they're not paying anybody else in the secondary, not named Buda Baker. Obviously, you know, Jalen Thompson should be the next in line there. I, I get it, but I feel like this was the foundation of this was under this foundation. The foundation was built on projection and not what we've already seen from the defense. Well, if Isaiah Simmons does this, then we can afford to not have to bring anybody in. Zayvon Collins is going to get reps now. He's going to be, you know, the Mike linebacker. He's going to be calling plays, even though, you know, he's not week one. Like, I, I feel like there's still a lot of pressure on guys that haven't had this percentage of reps just at all. Zayvon Collins barely played last year down the stretch, you know, compared to what we thought he was going to. Isaiah Simmons has taken that step forward. I understand the financial portion of it, but every other team can figure out the financial portion of it. And the Cardinals, I don't know if Bidwell just doesn't want it. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but if the offense doesn't flourish this year, it's going to be a weird offseason next season because the contract negotiations are kicking in next after this season. It's like the what if Band-Aid's getting ripped off is either going to be great or it's not. It's going to be not so great with the amount of firepower given to this offense. If it doesn't work, like it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. And I want to continue this conversation next because like we can talk about this so we're blue in the face back and forth about the theory behind everything and and Steve Kimes ability or inability to do specific things. That's cool. I want to talk about Hollywood Brown. I want to talk about Trey McBride because the draft was weird. Also, it wasn't normal. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody except Hollywood Brown didn't even see it coming. So I want to talk about that because 
if Hollywood Brown can become a bona fide wide receiver 1A to DeAndre Hopkins for the next handful of years, and if he deserves the contract extension that he's going to want after this season, this offense could easily put up 30 points a game. I want to get Howard Balzer's thoughts on it. Next, Locked on Cardinals, Alex Clancy here first. And the transition here is, is tough. Every time we do this, it's tough, um, but it's an important topic. Um, we've had um, a partner jump on um, the NHTSA. Like, I'm going to talk about drinking while on drugs, while smoking weed. Like, I, I, I'm not making light of this. The transition is just difficult. There's a lot of people that do this. There's weeds getting legalized, you know, state after state after state. If you're one of the people who thinks it's okay to drive stone, just think before you drive, okay? What's the worst thing that could happen? You say, well, you could be driving the, you know, the speed limit or, or lower. It's no big deal, right? That's not right, okay? Your reaction time slows down when you're high. Like just because weed's been more streamlined and, you know, you know, it's becoming more legalized doesn't mean it's on DUI if you get, you know, if you get stoned and drive. Okay. You're not only putting yourself in danger, but everyone around you. That's a buzzkill. Okay. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana weed in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different, drive high, get a DUI. Howard Balzer joining me Thursday, Locked on Cardinals. Follow him at hbalzer721 on Twitter. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Um, the Band-Aid is going to get ripped off. And it's going to be fascinating. Like, this is a true case study in everything that we know nothing about. You know, we don't, like, you know, you can project whatever, project win totals. You know, they're going to regress. They're going to do better. They outkicked their coverage last year, starting 7-0 and 10-2. and Or they weren't what we saw down the last five, six games of the season. We have no idea what this team, like, we have no idea. The, the ceiling offensively has raised. They've got 38 running backs and 47 wide receivers. You think that they're going to be running a lot of 10 and 11. You might see a little 12 personnel. Trey McBride emerges as a, as a pass catcher that Kyler Murray can trust with Zach Hurts. But you'd think that the latter is not going to be as, as potent as the former. And on top of that, with DeAndre Hopkins out for the first six weeks, the first three games, like if the Cardinals – if the Cardinals start two and one, I wouldn't be shocked. The Cardinals start one and two or zero oh and three, I wouldn't be shocked. If they start three and zero, oh, you can't be shocked because we have no idea what's going to happen. Right. You know, Howard, like Hollywood Brown trading for Hollywood Brown with twenty third overall pick, getting a third round pick back. I'm not. I wasn't upset for one second about the fact that they traded for Hollywood Brown. I just thought that there were a lot of more pressing needs with that first overall pick that would give him more control than a year with an option that you get from Hollywood Brown. I get the background. I get everything like that. What was your reaction to Hollywood Brown, the Hollywood Brown trade on draft day? And then the drafting of Trey McBride tight end instead of an edge rusher like Drake Jackson or an offensive lineman or draft or trading up and drafting David Ajabo who fell to the Ravens a couple spots before the, before the Cardinals pick. What was your thoughts for the first two rounds of the draft for the Cardinals? I think like everyone else, we were taken by surprise. But then as you thought about it, you start saying, well, I can understand certainly why they did that. And obviously we didn't know after the trade for Brown that DeAndre right. Hopkins was going to be suspended. Just think what we would be talking about this team right now if they didn't have Brown and you don't have Hopkins either uh, for those first uh, six games of the season. So, uh, but I thought that getting him, I mean, his speed is off the chart. He's, the, the key will be how much will he be able to get open and all those things with the other receivers. 
Does A.J. Green step up and play a lot better than he did uh, last year? And, hey, they're going into this opening of the season not even knowing if Antoine Wesley and Rondale Moore are going to be able to play. And it, it, we, we could be seeing a lot. I know there's all this talk, oh, Andy Isabella, he, he's on the team, but he wants to be traded. He wants an opportunity. Well, there's a chance he's going to get an opportunity in the first few games, depending on the health of Wesley and Rondale Moore. But I right. think McBride can be a real key there because, I mean, Zach Ertz hasn't even practiced in a few weeks. They're, they're still calling him day to day. And so I think, I think McBride could be a, a key to the beginning of this season in terms of being a weapon, being over, you know, being able to get him the ball over the middle, uh, whatever it might be. And so I, I, I think he certainly has the capability to do that. But I also understood when they drafted him that, you know, Zach Ertz is, I think he's going to be 32 in October. He's not going to play forever. And, and McBride is a guy who can end up being a big, you know, big target, obviously, in this offense. So as, you, as I thought about it, I said, I can see where this made sense, even though you would argue they might have needed somebody at a different position better. But I'll tell you, Alex, I, I think the biggest question with this team going into the season is not only who are going to be the guys to back up James Conner. I mean, we know that they have all these running backs now, but the key is not necessarily who it's going to be, but will they use those guys? Because if you really look at the second half of last season, when there was only one game where Chase Edmonds and James Conner played together mm -hmm. at the same time, after the first eight games of the season, when they had a tremendous job share, then Edmonds got hurt. They overused Conner. He got hurt. Edmonds came back. They overused him. He got hurt again. Uh, Connor got hurt again. I mean, it was just a disaster. So yeah. they have to have the confidence in using those backs because not only to run the ball, because that can give balance to your offense, but we saw Connor catch. We know these other guys can catch the ball. I think that could end up being a big part, especially early of that offense, to not only score points, but be able to use some clock. Yeah, for and sure. Don't have these two or three minute possessions, even when you score. Because, like I said earlier, I think that really puts your defense at a disadvantage. Agreed. Very good point, Howard. Because, like, and, I, and I've been talking about all offseason that James, like, people talk about James Conner, like, from fantasy perspective and looking to 2022 from 2021. I hope his numbers severely drop. And the reason why I say that is not necessarily the touchdowns. Obviously, like, he's one of the better, we know now, one of the better running backs inside the five-yard line in the NFL. Like, not every running back has a nose for the end zone. Kenyon Drake doesn't have a nose for the end zone. James Conner can get in the end zone, but you want to see 60. I want to see 60 or 65% max usage of James Conner in the offense. Like you're right down the stretch, the offense, it was Kyler Murray and James Conner. That was the, that was the pecking order of offensive importance for skill position players. And it shouldn't be, if you want James Conner through 17 games, 18 weeks, Correct. 60 to 65%. And then you can, all you need, because you're right. I mean, Eno Benjamin, Daryl Williams, I know he's taken RB1 snaps, a lot of them, in Kansas City. And I know he hasn't gotten a lot of run in the preseason. I wonder if that's just because he's already shore up the RB2 role. But you need a one guy or two guys, third and three, to not have, have to bring in James Conner for short yardage. Like, you need somebody that you know can gain yards, and they've got – you could pick your poison. You've got the speed. You've got – you know, you've got, you've got Jonathan Ward who, like – who the hell knows? He made the greatest catch the Cardinals have seen since the Hale Murray last year, you know, on, on fourth down over the defender's back, a, a, um, a, a, a yeah, a, a special team special. But you're right. Like, I feel like 
the kitchen isn't too full though in the running back room at this point because we got to find out on game day who can be trusted. You know, but but for James Conner, I want to see like touches everything. I call it getting Arian Foster. Like Arian Foster was the best running back on the planet for three years. He got 400 touches three years in a row, and that was it. Christian McCaffrey, same thing. James Conner was on the way to that before, if he wasn't on his rookie deal still, you know, the Steelers probably would have utilized him the same. They've got to alleviate that if they want to run the ball. Because if this is a run-first team, cool. I don't care. As long as the offense is the strength, it doesn't matter. Like, and if they can have those sustained drives, I agree with you. Help the defense, keep them, because remember, NFL players are human beings, and they get tired. This isn't mad and uneasy with no stamina. It doesn't matter if you're the best defense in the world. If you're on the field for 38 minutes a game, it doesn't matter. So especially like the quarter. Yeah, especially in the fourth quarter. Like, yeah, no doubt. So down. what are your so before I get you out of here, what like projections just throw up on me? What are your thoughts going into 2022 for the Cardinals as a whole? Like, not ifs, like what do you think will happen in 2022? Ooh, well, what will have, yeah, that's there there are there's always ifs. I I, I think that th- this this will be a a team competing for a playoff spot. And part of the reason, I mean, they, they could be, they could, they could theoretically be a better team overall than last year and still, and won't win only 10 games mm-hmm. instead of 11. And because the schedule is, is certainly is, is pretty tough in a lot of spots, but the NFC overall is not that strong. Right. And so I think, I think that's why I say they will compete for a playoff spot, but you know what the, I'll dive, I'll digress just for a moment. Cause you know what the elephant in the room is? That hardly anybody talks about. Tell me. And we t- we talked about injuries. I talked about Connor and Edmonds last year and all that. It's Kyler Murray. He has to stay healthy for 17 games, and that hasn't been the case each of the last two years. And everyone comes up with all these charts about Cliff Kingsbury and the way his teams have finished. Well, what did you expect when they were at Texas Tech? They had easy schedules early, and then yeah. they weren't as good as the other teams. And they make it out to be well. That's why they're not winning. Well, Kyler Murray wasn't the same quarterback in the home stretch of each of the last two seasons because of an injury. And so they have to keep him upright. And obviously injuries happen in football. Sometimes they're unavoidable, unavoidable, but he has to stay healthy. That, that to me remains the biggest question. The, the interesting thing is he didn't get injured running. He got injured in the pocket or trying to escape or whatever it might be. But to me, that's the key to this team for, for him to play, you know, yeah, Colt McCoy has to play a game or two. Maybe you can get by. But in important games, you need him out there. And and that 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 will determine whether the things we believe this team can accomplish, whether they will, along with obviously a lot, a lot of other factors. too. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. I mean, yeah, this 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 team goes as Kyler Murray and the offensive line goes like that's and I, and I think that that's like, I mean, I know that the Cardinals don't get a lot of national media attention as much as others but like, it's fascinating. I the you know the 49ers, Oh, they'll make ten. Like people just thrown the 49ers. Oh yeah, so, someone picked like fourth overall in a power rating. Really, fourth overall, and you what don't know what Trey Lance. Trey, not only what Trey Lance can do, but can he stay healthy? Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. I mean, it's just like, I, and I know that you know it's interdivisional and it's rival and and it's you know it's things like that. But um, you know, it, it's it's just. I don't get it. And it's fine. You'd rather have that. Like, remember, and this is before, but you, I mean, you've been around football for a long time. Like 2015 NFC championship game got, you know, embarrassed in Carolina. 
to the eventual NFC champions. And then Bruce Arians comes out and saying after week one in 2016, when the Cardinals had the late Monday night football game against Jimmy Garoppolo during Deflategate, Chandler Catanzaro misses a long field goal. They lose. Bruce Arians said they never recovered after that, after having all these expectations and the all or nothing and all that stuff in 2016. It's like, well, you know what? You're going to be under spotlight. You play on Christmas. You've got hard knocks in season. There is no hiding anything. Cliff Kingsbury, Steve Keim, Kyler Murray, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's getting paid what. It doesn't matter who have extensions where. The Cardinals will be exposed without the negative connotation. Everything, it's naked, it's it's Band-Aid ripped off, and it's going to be effing incredible to watch. Like, it's going to be must-watch TV for Cardinals fans. It'll be painful. It'll be jubilant. It'll be everything in between. You'll want to kiss your mom and smack your dog. Like, you want to do everything. Like, it's going to be – sorry, don't smack your dog ever. Verbial, no. ever. But it's going to be fascinating, and we're here for it. Howard, thank you so much for joining me. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. I'll talk to you Friday.